Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Millennial in the Middle. I'm Connor DeLynn. Thanks for listening. This is episode 67, and today's episode is going to be a bit of a check-in and a little bit of fun, because as you're listening to this episode, if you listen to it as it comes out, I am currently en route to Petra, Jordan. Now, if you don't know where Petra Jordan is, don't worry. I probably didn't either recently, but Petra Jordan, the easiest way for me to describe it, have you seen Indiana Jones number three? Well, it's where the Holy Grail is hidden. You know that temple that's built into the side of that cave, like that canyon wall that they walk inside and you have chosen wisely? Yeah, that's where Petra Jordan is. And I'm currently probably sitting on a plane or, you know, planes, trains, automobiles, however you get to places like this, about to go on an archaeological dig. Now, I have mentioned this before on the podcast. Let me tell you how this even came about. Like, Connor, is this something you've always wanted to do? Uh, You know, channel your inner Indiana Jones and become this archaeologist? No, not really. But I'm also a believer that when things kind of fall into your lap and you have cool opportunities put in front of you, like you owe it to the world to say yes and to be in a position where you're ready to go. And that's kind of what happened. About six months ago, I had a good friend who told me, he said, you know, Connor, my dad is a professor. He's an archaeologist for the last 18 years. He has done an archaeological dig almost every year in either Petra, Jordan or Egypt or other places over there. And uh, there's a chance that this trip happens this year. It didn't happen last year because of COVID and things are still a little off. But uh, if it happens, would you want to come? And I'm like, uh, well, well, yeah, of course. And he goes, all right, I'll just put your name down in case this happens. Well, because of you know COVID liabilities and all that, the school isn't sending their typical graduate students to go and do this work. And I kind of lucked out and was able to go on this trip. So I'm heading off to go for about 10 days, actually dig and be a part of a restoration project in Petra, which is almost like a big national park now. Uh, And I'm talking about this now really honestly with very little knowledge or understanding. I am sure I will gain a lot more over the next little bit. And of course, there will be a follow-up episode where I talk to you about this experience. But I am pretty excited. And what's funny is, as I've started to think back on the podcast over the last couple months, I've seen this recurring theme come to the forefront. And it's, it's crazy sometimes how the timing of all this comes together. And so I want to talk to you about that on this episode today. I want to talk to you about this recurring theme that I have been hearing as we've done these episodes that I've been thinking a lot about, and then give you a few applications to what it might mean or what it might look like for you know the different generations and what it looks for, like for us right now as we face our current events. But before we do that, I've got to tell you, uh, there's almost going to be a little mini series of the next few episodes here that are going to kind of have this theme. And yesterday morning as I was, you know, my alarm goes off and I had hit snooze. I had like nine minutes before snooze went off again before I could get out of bed or before I had to get out of bed. And I just have this thought to me that clicks. And I said, oh, well, I know what I'm about to be for the next couple weeks. I know what the theme of the next few episodes is going to be. 
It's millennial in the Middle East. Yeah, you heard that right. And I know I'm dorky. By this point, you know, I love alliteration. I love song lyrics. I love, you know, trying to come up with some little marketing ploy here. Millennial in the Middle East. Welcome to the introduction episode. And the next few episodes are going to be focused on the Middle East. Now, let me tell you why this is something I want want to talk about and really how this theme came about. There is no doubt that when I started this podcast in July of 2020, it's been over a year now, can you believe that? That when I said being in the middle, the first and primary thing that went through your mind was being in the middle of Republican and Democrat, red versus blue, conservative or liberal. Almost everything that we viewed last year was in this mindset of which party do you belong to and who are you going to vote for? as often happens when we go through a presidential election. And, you know, I talked about a lot of these issues that we discuss, they're not even really red versus blue issues. But we've been so conditioned to have this perspective that that's the way we think on everything. And, you know, I really tried to break that down and tried to find the middle, tried to find the common ground and really just call out the clowns to the left and the jokers to the right, of course. Now, As I've continued now with 67 episodes of the podcast, I feel like this theme of being in the middle just keeps growing with, you know, different applications. Being in the middle of life, feeling personally like, you know, we're in the middle of a crazy world. Uh, You know, we talk about millennials now. Millennials aren't even the young people anymore. We got Gen Z that now are the up and coming generation. Oh no, are millennials hitting middle age? Like that's not a cool middle to be a part of. But over the last 15 episodes, there's a different dichotomy that I think we have started to truly seek the middle of. And this dichotomy that I'm talking about is a difference of thought and of philosophy and a way of life that has been around for centuries. You know, I was going to start today's episode with the quote, uh, if you watch Parks and Rec, Ron Swanson, he's one of my favorite characters on TV, and he said, history began on July 4th, 1776. Everything before that was a mistake. (laughs) I love how it says that. But I think often that's how we think, right? Especially as Americans, we just view the world in this really small lens of just, you know, 250, 300 years. But then you take a step back And you look at world history and you realize how young the United States really is. Like, we're still juvenile compared to other countries and lands and civilizations. And we have a lot to learn. And so why are we focused so much on Republican and Democrat all the time? What would maybe be the original difference of way of thinking and way of life that really seem just like polar opposite worlds. The difference between Western philosophy and Eastern philosophy. Now, the differences between Western and Eastern philosophy and ways of life cannot be underestimated. It affects the way we view medicine, education, family, religion, philosophy, like why life is important in the first place, and politics, government, how that should run. There are these deeply rooted set of beliefs that come from the culture, really geographically, of being from the 
Eastern world or the Western world. Now, what's so interesting literally about the Middle East is that for thousands of years, the Middle East has been the intersection of these two cultures. If you look at places like Turkey or Egypt or these places that are right in the heart of that, right? you can see that the cultural diversity there is crazy. Like, what, what does a person from Turkey look like? Are they white? Are they black? What do they believe? What are their views? Can we put them in a box? No, because the Middle East literally has been the middle of all of these cultures coming together. And the further west you go, the you know more you get into these fields of freedom and democracy and you know obviously the majority of the population being white as we talk about western europe specifically and then anciently and historically as you go east we're then looking at the differences of lifestyle uh, you know the different eastern religions of hinduism and buddhism and uh, you really start to see the differences in culture, in race, in thinking. And I'm really excited to go to the Middle East because, you know, we sit there and what do we know about the Middle East? It's probably a place that we would never, ever really want to go to. I can't say that I've even up to this point in my life had that much of a desire to go there. But all of a sudden I look at where the map is, or I go look at where Jordan is on the map, excuse me, and I'm like, am I sure about this? Do I really want to head there? Because what do we know about the Middle East? It's been filled with contention. It's been filled with, you know, violence and different ideals. And like that has literally been the middle of this action for thousands and thousands of years. Why? Well, one way you could look at it is because it is where, it is where these different, differing opinions and ways of life in a lot of ways have collided. Now, I know that's an oversimplification of a very complex topic and a very complex place, but that is what I really want to dive into on this trip that I'm about to go on. Now, here's why I'm telling you that these thoughts have started to become a bit of a recurring theme. For me, as I look back on it, it started back in episode 49. Episode 49, I interviewed James Chadwick. It's an awesome interview. If you haven't watched that yet or listened to that yet, go listen to it. But the main thing that we talked about is, you know, he started, he's British. He talks about how he went to Israel at 16 years old, ends up spending a year there, and kind of travels, learns how, you know, goes through Turkey in this area that I'm going to be in and learns the world in a totally different way that he had seen just living, uh, growing up in England. And that's actually become a major part of his life. He'd worked all over Asia in several different countries, actually lived in several different countries. And then we talked about his experience with an 11-day silent meditation in Java, Indonesia. One of the things that he talked about when he discussed meditation, and I think part of what was so inspiring for me about that was he didn't have a real background in meditation. It wasn't like he was some yogi that was meditating all the time and then decided to go do this like as his capstone course. He, you know, dove in. Talk about not dip, dipping your toe in the water. Like he just jumped in and does this 11-day meditation and learns along the way. And him explaining that your monkey mind, as he calls it, 
just goes all day long. And it's continually thinking about the past, reliving the past, or worrying and planning for the future. And sitting back and recognizing that that's going on, I I can't tell you how much power that has. And so over the last few months, personally, I have tried to practice more meditation and make that a part of my routine. And when you start recognizing, you know, where are those thoughts coming from? And can I still the mind? And can I be more a part of that journey? It's been something that I feel like has benefited my life in so many different ways and kind of got me on this kick of looking at the differences between Eastern and Western philosophy. And then sure enough, just a couple episodes later, I do an interview with Rick Highland, and we then talk about this difference of being full and hungry. And how do you enjoy the journey and live in the moment while at the same time setting goals and trying to achieve. And again, we hit on that topic. Then in episode 63, we have Jason Scheftel on the show and we talk all about China. That episode was called Weighing the Dragon. It was really interesting to go in depth and like, what is China up to and how do we look at them and how do they get to where they are today? And, you know, are they the next world global superpower that's about to replace the U.S.? And, you know, China at the end of the day is as far east as you get, right? That, uh, you know, really explains that thought. Then just two episodes later, We tell this story of Tokyo, Japan and the samurai culture as it relates to the Olympics. So again, there we are talking about the East. And then just in the very last episode, episode 66, this was my interview with Sam Thiara, where he talked about his experience finding his roots in India. We talked about his Sikh faith and what that means. And all of a sudden we went back to that. And so I'm looking over all this and I'm realizing that this happened unintentionally. But really what we have discussed several times over the last 15 episodes is this balance and trying to find the middle between these differing philosophies of East and West and what that looks like. And then, you know, is it a coincidence that then at the end of these unintentional episodes with that being the focus, all of a sudden I'm about to go travel to the Middle East for the first time. So you can guess what's going to be on my mind. You can guess what I'm going to be looking for. And what I'm actually going to do is the next few episodes are going to kind of follow this theme and a little bit of that mini series, like I said, of Millennial in the Middle East. Here's what you can expect. The next episode that you're going to hear is an interview that I've already done that again hits home on this topic. I interviewed a man named Arya Green, and he lives in just outside of Jerusalem. He's from Israel. Um, He has worked with the... Israel embassy. He has gone out and actually given a lot of speeches on conflict resolution and is also a representative for the Jewish nation uh, and culture, religion. We find out it is all of the above, of the above. I ask him that question and we talk a little about the Jewish culture in general and very, very, very enlightening. So it's funny, you're going to be listening to this episode while I am in Jordan, which is a neighboring country to Israel. But I, you know, I previously recorded this episode with me, of course, home in Utah and him in Jerusalem. So you're going to hear that episode 
episode, and then you're going to get a couple uh, episodes while I'm out there. I am actually bringing my podcast equipment. I will give you an update on you know what it's like being in on an archaeological dig. Um, I plan on doing an interview or two with some people out there that I will share with you, uh, and then we'll wrap it up, and then a little surprise. I'm not just going to Petra. I am also going to pop by on my way home and see the pyramids. So we'll probably talk about Egypt for a little bit in an episode. So that's uh, what you can expect in these next few episodes of Millennial in the Middle East. But let's talk about some of these overarching themes, this difference between East and West. You know, if you were going to look at that, there's definitely some different philosophies and perspectives to view the world. And the first I really think applies to millennials and Gen Z as well, like these younger generations that are trying to decide how to go about their lives, like trying to define what success looks like for them. I'm in the middle of that too. I'm trying to figure that out. And this goes off that conversation we had with Rick. And I get these types of questions a lot from younger listeners of like, how do you find that balance between being successful, achieving your goals, being ultra motivated, go make a ton of money, climb up the corporate ladder, do great, exciting things. But then at the same time, how do you enjoy the journey? How do you live in the moment? How do you try to be still? How do you try to just, you know, let things happen to you? That is a balance that I think all of us are constantly trying to find in our lives. One of my mottos, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, you know, one of my mottos or mantras in life has always been make it happen. And you know, I've always had that mentality that if I wanted something, if I worked hard, I was creative and I was confident in myself and my ability to, you know, go out and accomplish big things that I could go will them to happen, go make it happen. And having that realization that not everything in life falls under that make it happen umbrella. Some things you need to let happen. And so how do you have a general vision for your life and what you want to do and the kind of person you want to be and be motivated to you know, make that happen, to make that a reality, while at the same time not being caught up in the anxious world that we live in, having the chance to kind of sit back and relax and enjoy what we work for. I think that is somewhere that if we can find the middle on, I think somewhere in the middle lies happiness and true success. The second overarching theme that I've seen quite a bit comes from partly what we discussed with Sam Thiara just in the last episode in episode 66 and what you're about to hear in the next episode I just talked about with Aria Green. In both of those episodes, we talked about religion, and Sam talked about the Sikh faith, what that meant to him. Arya then talks about the Jewish faith, and actually, we talked about this with James as well when we talked about Buddhism. And what was interesting is all three of those faiths, as we talked about their you know basic tenets or basic beliefs, you'll see that all three of them kind of gave me a similar answer, that all paths— can lead to God. 
all roads can lead to happiness. And not being super worried about what everyone else is doing and knowing that, you know, in fact, Sam said it really well. He said, one of our beliefs as a Sikh is whatever you are, be a good one. If you're a Christian, be the best Christian you can be. If you're a Jew, be the best Jew you can be. And try to, trying to embrace life in that way. And as I've looked more and more into the differences of the Eastern versus Western religions, I do think this is a recurring thought that, you know, a lot of the Western religions and Western cultures, we have this evangelist side to us that because we believe in our religion and that faith shows us that, hey, what we know is right or we believe that to be right— then the flip side of that is that, well, others are wrong and we want to help them out. And because of our love of God and our love of desire to serve them, we evangelize. We are missionaries. We try to share what we have with the world. And with all three of these Eastern religions, these concepts, I actually asked the question to Aria Green in the next episode. I said, so are are Jews trying to convert more people? Like, I don't see any recruiting efforts from Jewish people out there. And he said, no, we're not. And he said, he explained it this way. He said, being a Jew, we call ourselves the chosen people, but it doesn't mean we're any different than anyone else. He said, I would compare it to being the oldest child. What it means is that we are different in the sense that we have that in common, which then gives us different responsibilities and things that being the oldest child might entail, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the oldest child to be happy or have success. And I thought that was really interesting. Now, where that thought then naturally took me is as we have these conversations with Millennial in the Middle, how focused are we on trying to convince other people of our ways? Trying to tell other people that they're wrong and we have to be right, finding the middle of saying, you know what, it's okay if other people are wrong. Like that, does that really affect your life all that much? If you believe you're right, you don't then have to shove it down everyone else's throats. And I think that's why we struggle a lot of times with politics I think it's where we fall short in communication because we have forgotten how to speak with people that disagree with us. And I wonder how much that underlying principle that I just discussed of kind of this thought of, well, can everyone find their own truth and that's okay? Or is our way the right way and it is our duty and responsibility to make sure others conform because we love them? Like, because we're so confident in the way we feel, we want to make sure you feel the same way too. That thought can be dangerous when it comes to, you know, trying to talk people into a different idea or philosophy or opinion on a specific topic or matter. Some food for thought. And the last overarching concept, and really if you were to Google like what are the biggest differences between Eastern and Western methods of thought, you would probably see near the top of the list on all of those answers the difference between individualism and collectivism. 
Eastern philosophy is more about the whole. It's more about the collective, the family, the unit, the town, the village, the city, where Western philosophy is more focused on your individual creativity and thought and freedom. And really, I mean, if you were to look at the difference of government often of Eastern versus Western philosophy, it's often more uh, communistic, totalitarian, styles and forms of government, communitarian we'll call them, versus the more free liberal democracies and republics that, you know, we are proud to be a part of now. Now, we'll end here by tying this to a current event. I've had a lot of you ask me on social media lately what my thoughts are on the most recent moves with the vaccine and with COVID and are we going to shut down again? And frankly, I, I'm sick of talking about it. I did not want to do another episode right now on like, are we going to shut down again? Or what do I think of Bill de Blasio's key to NYC pass? Or what do I think of, Ra of De Governor DeSantis down in Florida t telling everyone to stuff it? Like, I'm just sick of it, guys. I'm sorry. I don't want to do a full episode. But I'll tell you this. I think what we're seeing right now is this struggle between individualistic ideas and collectivist ideas. And that's not to say one is better than the other. I think, you know, a common narrative right now would be, well, if you don't care about the, the whole, then you're selfish then you don't care about other people. Well, no, what happens if you come to a conclusion that might be against the common narrative, that might be against the majority? Is that selfish? I got into a conversation with someone the other day, and they said that anyone that doesn't get vaccinated is ignorant. And I said, okay, well, I'm curious. I, I want to understand here. What does being ignorant mean to you? And she said, well, being ignorant means that you don't know what you're talking about. You don't do your research and you're like uneducated or uninformed. And I said, okay, so people that don't get the vaccine are ignorant. She said, yeah. I said, well, what about doctors and first responders and medical staff and people that have done their research and have decided on their own that they choose to not get the vaccine? That sounds a little different than the way you defined ignorant. Am I wrong? And, you know, we had a good conversation that was basically to the point of, you know, just because someone might disagree with the conclusion that you have drawn or the conclusion that might be the most popular or the most commonly accepted, that doesn't mean they're less than. It doesn't mean they're ignorant doesn't mean they don't know what they're talking about. It just means that maybe they think or believe a little bit differently than you. And we have to respect that. And that's why this next phase of what we're going to go through, you know, as a country, I think specifically as it relates to new lockdowns, and, you know, as the vaccine, people that have gotten the vaccine are now getting COVID and we're realizing that, oh man, this is still happening. Like, are we going to lock down again? And we're having this standoff between the individual and the collective idea. It's interesting. If you view all of that with that mindset, uh, maybe it changes a little bit. And maybe this all ties back to this age-old question that we have been debating for thousands of years is, 
Are we a Western thinker or an Eastern thinker? Well, maybe you don't have to be one or the other. Maybe you can find yourselves somewhere in the middle. Until next time, clowns to left me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm